what happens when we get outside of biblical orthodoxy and the boundaries that have been given to us by Scripture. When we get outside of those lines as pastors and teachers, what happens? We're going to look at that today on the Dr. Matters podcast, so stay tuned. The new episode starts right now. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters podcast, a tool to help believers rediscover true biblical doctrine and to help them understand and live out their faith in their homes, in their churches, and in their communities. Thank you for listening to this episode. Let's get right to it. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to another episode of the Doctrine Matters podcast, where we are just going to take some things that are happening in our culture, and we're going to look at them through the biblical lens of Scripture. And we're going to talk about some things today that uh, are, are going to show us what happens when we get outside the lines of Scripture, when we can kind of go off script, so to speak, from the Scriptures and do and say what we want to say. We end up doing and saying things that are completely unorthodox, they are unbiblical, and I might even say sinful. There is a clip that is now recirculating. It, it, I think it came out about two years ago. It is a clip of T.D. Jakes, and he's talking about his wife. And uh, I don't know what made him say this or why he said this, but we're going to watch that here in just a minute. I'm going to let you see this clip and let you see what T.D. Jakes said during what was supposed to be a time of opening the word. Now, if you know me, you already know that I believe T.D. Jakes to be a false teacher, that we shouldn't be following or listening to T.D. Jakes. But this, again, is showing what happens when you get outside of the bounds of Scripture. So uh, you make comments like this from the pulpit. And then we're also going to take a look at and talk briefly about the Tim Ross uh thing, <laughs> uh, if that's what you want to call it, the thing, uh, the clip that's circulating the internet right now. And Tim Ross, of course, is Mike Todd's pastor. And what he said specifically about the Son of God, Jesus Christ, and many of you already probably have seen this, but I just want to take a quick look at both of these and just see what happens when pastors get outside the lines of Scripture. Now, we've seen this in many places like Church by the Glades. If you are familiar with that church, you've seen many of the things that have happened at that church and just the big entertainment showy type things that go on there. And you've likely seen it at Mike Todd's Easter play that he put out with a bunch of just worldly things going on in there. And even Mike Todd himself saying they're going to get as close to the line of sin as they can get, essentially, is I believe what he said. And uh, he also said something in that introduction of the Easter play that was really kind of frustrating to hear, but he said, and I quote, all of the, all of the religious people's booty holes just got tight. Now, I don't, I don't know. We're all, I'm a pastor. We all say and do some things that we learn from that, that we shouldn't have said, but it seems like things like this keep happening with people. There's nobody holding them accountable as to what to say, what not to say, and maybe even come back and say, Hey, look, I shouldn't have said this. I apologize. Things like that. Um, 
whether that be to certain people or whatever. And uh, we also live in a world, too, where I will acknowledge this, that people conjure up their own idea of what sin is and they have misinformed truth and and they have they make up these falsehoods and believe that pastors may be in sin and they owe them this huge apology and all these things like that and you just have to look at that and and kind of just go case by case basis look at the 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 truth of the matter and the and the statistics and all of the things that happen surrounding these things but there are times when pastors do say and do things they shouldn't and they have to respond in repentance and uh, have to respond asking forgiveness i have multiple times and and i've learned from those lessons as a pastor and i really look at the scriptures and and other men around me to help hold me accountable when i do say something or do something that is ignorant or even sinful and then they can hold me accountable. The scripture holds me accountable and I'm able to rectify that situation, uh, seek forgiveness and then move forward and learn lessons from that. It seems like these guys aren't learning lessons from anything that they do, anything that they say. It seems like they are taking uh, the normative principle of worship approach to all things and and just simply say that if it is not prescribed in scripture, then they can do whatever they want to in their worship gatherings and essentially say whatever they want to in their worship gatherings. And that's kind of what's happened here over uh, the last couple of weeks and even years as we've seen this thing unfold with churches being more like a show than anything. But, but let me get to the nuts and bolts of this issue today. And that's when pastors say things that are unbiblical from the pulpit. And uh, we're going to start here with the Reverend T.D. Jakes. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. If not, um, you can hear it on the audio. But I'm going to play this clip. It's Again, this is a two-year-old clip. It started to recirculate. And this is my first time ever seeing it. So uh, it just kind of blew my mind. And uh, what he said about his wife in a quote-unquote church setting. So let me hit play on this and let's listen to what T.D. Jakes said. My lovely wife celebrates you. Stand up, honey. Show them I did good. You're the finest grandmama I ever saw in my life. Five kids, nine grandkids, and still rocking it. She can still twerk for the Lord. Give God a praise. Um, and here is a definition. For those that don't know what twerking is, which I would say that most of you probably know what twerking is, but twerk, to dance to popular music in a sexually provocative manner involving thrusting hip movements and a low squatting stance. So we're talking about shaking your booty in a sexually provocative manner, thrusting your hips while squatting low. You know what twerking is. You've seen it. I'm not going to show you that because... I believe dancing in this way is sinful unless, let me just say this, it's in your own bedroom, in your own home, between a husband and a wife. And that's the, that's the thing. That is meant to be inside of the home between a husband and a wife if this were to happen. If she were to twerk for T.D. Jakes, that's between them. He should never bring that out into any open congregation because that is part of his marriage bed. That's where it should stay. That's not anything that should come out openly like this. And unfortunately, it did. But let me also show you this. If uh, if you didn't catch it, those that were watching here, um, there's somebody there. 
and and this looks to be uh, Elevation Church, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but there is Stephen Furtick right there. If you're watching, he is clapping, he is smiling, and he is giving approval. Grandmama I ever saw in my life. Now, when he starts saying you're the finest grandma I've ever seen in my life, she probably should have just sat down and said, "Be quiet. Don't go any further. That's enough. You don't need to say anything else." But she doesn't. She gets up. She walks back up to the Five stage. Kids, nine grandkids is still rock. And right there behind her, Stephen Furtick approving. She can still twerk for the Lord. Give God a praise. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? That is troublesome as well. When he said she can still twerk for the Lord, the place went nuts. This is not the language a pastor should be using, which we all know T.D. Jakes is a false pastor, but I just want to show you what happens when you get outside of the, the Word of God, and this is the kind of stuff you get, and this is doesn't have to be on a national scale as T.D. Jakes. It could be anyone from your own pastor in your local context. It could be saying things that are inappropriate about his wife. Listen, my wife is beautiful. But there is no way I'm going to go out and talk about the things that happen in our home on a national platform like that. And neither should T.D. Jakes and neither should Stephen Furtick approve of that by clapping and laughing along with him. And and, and it is what it is. It's happened. And uh, there is really nothing that we can do to change that. Um, but I wanted I just wanted to show you that because. Nothing has changed. T.D. Jakes is still a heretic, and people still approve of him. And to make it all worse is not only did he use the word twerk, he said twerk for the Lord. Now, when we look at the definition is, is shaking your booty, thrusting your hips to a, in a sexually provocative manner, why would you ever say that anyone would twerk for the Lord? Because that is worldly, that is darkness, that is sinful. And God is light. The Lord is light. And in him, there is no darkness, the Bible says. So why would you ever profess to be a preacher and take darkness and try to mix it with the light? You see, this is the problem with these false teachers is they try to be so relevant that they find themselves being sinful over and over and over. And you heard the culture approved of T.D. Jake saying that she can still twerk for the Lord. They blew the roof off of that place, and what he said was absolutely sinful and should have been uh, admonished right then and there by his wife, first and foremost, but she gave into it. Secondly, if they are at Elevation Worship or Elevation Church, Stephen Furtick probably should have admonished and, and stopped it immediately and said, no, you don't need to say that. Sorry, that's out of line. But at the least, when he got off stage, and, and maybe this happened, but I, I would highly doubt that it happened. Um, he should have been admonished and held accountable for the things that he said. But it's things like that that leads to things like this. Here's another clip. And this is the other one I was telling you about. This is Tim Ross. Uh, this is. We don't make it rain on board. Uh, sorry, I uh, didn't mean to hit play there. Um, this is Mike Todd's pastor uh, from Transformation Church, uh, another 
blasphemous statement coming right here from Tim Ross. You may have seen him on YouTube. You may have watched this clip. This is one of those things that is just absolutely frustrating again. And nowhere does scripture tell us to talk this way, especially from a platform as we are speaking of Christ or of God the Father or even the Holy Spirit or even of our brothers and sisters in Christ. There is nothing in the scriptures that teach us to talk this way. If you haven't heard this, just just listen to this. We don't make it rain on booty cheeks. We don't make it rain on strippers. We only reverence one stripper. And that's the one that took off glory to put on humanity and then get butt naked on a cross to die for both you and me. The only stripper I'm in love with is Jesus. There are a lot of problems with this. And did you just hear the language? I didn't want to stop it. I wanted to stop it so bad and really talk through this. But did you hear the language coming from this platform in the middle of a church service? First of all, he said, we don't make it rain on booty cheeks. This is language that should never come from a platform where the scriptures should be preached the gospel should be proclaimed and God be glorified. Sadly, none of those things are happening here, but this is all happening under the disguise of a church. And this is a problem. If you heard, uh, if you listened a couple of episodes ago when I talked about why we don't sing elevation worship music or Hillsong or Bethel music in our church services, this is another reason why. And this is a big reason why, because these churches are operating under the false pretense that they are a true church of Christ and and not the denomination church of Christ, but a true church of Christ. These are not true churches, and they are pulling people in by the droves because if you're watching, you can see that, I mean, according to today's standards, this is um, culturally accepted in the way he looks this is he kind of looks cool with his haircut and with his glasses and and with his hoodie and jeans now looking cool is subjective i get that but in our culture this would be relevant to what passes as cool for the younger generation and so you get that mixed with good uh good speaking i mentioned in that video that they are good speakers they're good communicators but then you you have the false teaching that comes with that and words that come out of their mouth like this. And they are manipulating a generation. They are leading them away from the true word of God. And we're going to look at the word of God here in just a second. But I want to just show you this is this room is packed and Tim Ross is outside of biblical orthodoxy here. Tim Ross is in sin by what he's saying here. I'm sure he can justify what he said, why he said it. He's trying to be relevant, but being relevant is causing churches to be unbiblical, therefore finding themselves in sin. So let's uh I want to break down this. It's only 32 seconds, but I want to break down some of these just to make sure we're clear on some things. We don't make it rain on booty cheeks. First of all, let no unwholesome talk proceed from your mouth. This is unwholesome talk. We don't make it rain on strippers. 
He shouldn't be talking about strippers unless it's talking about strippers need the grace of God and they need to repent of their sin and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. We only reverence one stripper, and that's the one that took off glory. Okay, so he's referencing Jesus here. We, uh, uh, he's talking about Jesus. First of all, calls him a stripper and says he stripped off his glory. There is a lot of problems with this statement alone, because if you believe that Jesus Christ stripped off his glory as he put on humanity, then you can't believe that Jesus is truly the son of God, because nowhere in Scripture does the Bible teach us that he laid aside his glory or his divinity or any of those things that make him God. He was truly God and truly man. Yes, he suffered. He was hungry. He sweat. He was tired. He was uh, he learned things in his humanity, but also in his glory and his divinity. He was God. So uh, Tim Ross here is essentially saying that Jesus shed his divinity, shed his glory and simply came to the earth as a man denying the true Jesus Christ of the Bible, which is very, very uh, very troublesome, and it's uh, something that can't be done. That is outside of biblical orthodoxy as well, to deny who Christ truly is. He was not just a man. He is the God-man, truly man, truly God. But remember, he's also referencing Jesus as a stripper. To put on humanity and then get butt naked on a cross so let me let me say this jesus humbled himself came in humanity in the form of a man even humbled himself to death but jesus didn't strip himself down naked and say okay here we go let's do this i watched a, a movie one time and uh, there was a guy that was in trouble with the police and, and he stripped down naked. And I was like, what did he do that for? And it was essentially to let the police know when they showed up that he had no weapons on him, that he was clean, that they didn't have to do anything, that he was just they were just going to take him peacefully and things like that. But in that movie, and you had to turn your eyes really quickly, right? But in that movie, this character decided to do this on his own. Jesus was stripped of his clothing and put on a cross for all to see, billboarded for all to see, uh, humiliated for all to see. And he is making it sound like Jesus just stripped butt naked and went to that cross for me. And this is just irreverent babble that has no place in a church, which again, this is not a true church. Let's, let's see what else he says in this short 11 more seconds. To die for both you and me. The only stripper I'm in love with is Jesus. The only stripper I'm in love with is Jesus. And there you have it, folks. This is what happens when you get outside of the lines of Scripture. You find yourself swimming in a sea of sin. And let's just look at the Scriptures. Uh, this is actually a passage of scripture I was looking at today, and it comes from 2 Timothy chapter 2, and it starts in chapter 4. And this is what pastors are charged to do. 
This is Paul speaking to Timothy as a young pastor. He says, and I quote, verse one, I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead. And by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. That's the job of a pastor. Preach the word. Don't preach about how good-looking your wife is. Don't preach about how she can still twerk for the Lord, which is sinful. Uh, don't, don't go off script and say that Jesus was a stripper that took off his glory so he could come in his humanity to die for you and me. And I, if I'm not mistaken, that clip goes on to say he's the only one that puts money in my pocket. So I could be wrong. I need to fact check myself. You can fact check me if you would like. You can comment that if I'm right or wrong there in the comments. But um, it seems to me that uh, the problem is nobody takes the Bible seriously anymore. It, at least these two guys don't. They're talking about their wives, talking about Jesus being a stripper. They're not preaching the word. Nowhere in the word of God will we find those things that they said. So that means they're outside of biblical orthodoxy, finding themselves in sin and leading a multitude of people down that drain with them, which is another problem. But here is the real issue. Here's what's really happening. If we were to go on and continue reading there, for the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. There's a time coming when people will not listen to sound teaching. They will not endure sound teaching. Sound teaching doesn't involve the culture. Sound teaching is not to let the culture invade it, but the sound teaching is to invade the culture. Sound teaching is not to be relevant to the culture, but sound teaching is to invade the culture and let the culture conform to the teaching of the word of God. That is what you get when you have a pastor that truly teaches and preaches the whole counsel of God. These men have accumulated a following because that following will not endure sound teaching. They have accumulated those teachers for themselves because it's palatable. It is easy to listen to. It's not very challenging. It's very me-centered teaching. If you don't believe me, go back and listen to it. I don't encourage you to go listen to it, but I want you to test me. I want you to go back and listen to how me-centered their teaching is from Stephen Furtick, Mike Todd, Tim Ross, T.D. Jakes, uh, even Craig Grishel, um, and anything that comes out of Hillsong. That's six. And let's do seven. Bethel. Bethel Church, that's seven people that you can go listen to and hear the me-centered theology and see a lot of things that are outside of biblical orthodoxy and outside the lines. And the truth is, we are not given permission to color outside of those lines. We are not given permission to do as we will. We are called to preach the word and to listen to the word, endure sound teaching. And if you don't, you're going outside of biblical orthodoxy, finding yourself in sin, being manipulated by false teachers that are ultimately leading you to hell because they will not stand firm on the true word of God. So I want to encourage you on this episode. If you are one of those, or if you know somebody that listens to 
Stephen Furtick on the regular, Mike Todd on the regular. If you know somebody that listens to Craig Rochelle on the regular, listen, early on in my walk with Christ, some of these guys were very helpful and instrumental in helping me in my Christian walk. But ultimately, God pulled me out of that and and allowed me to uh, find sound teaching. And, and I'm able to endure sound teaching now because I want sound teaching. I want deep theological, biblical, doctrinal teaching because that is what is going to push me and challenge me and help sanctify me to become more like Christ. All of this garbage that people are listening to, it's not challenging them or pushing them towards sanctification. It is pushing them to exalt themselves and to exalt their own egos and to look for ways to make money and and use God as a genie. So if you know anybody or you yourself may be caught up in this Mike Todd and uh, all these other type of pastors, I want to encourage you to get out. Get out now. Find you a good, solid church with a man that stands behind the pulpit and regularly teaches the word of God. Very sound teaching, teaches the Bible and teaches nothing less than the Bible and teaches the whole counsel of God's word. So come out of the internet, get off the internet, stop finding church on the internet because you can't have church on the internet. You have to have church in person with the people of God and worshiping with the people of God. So repent of this nonsense and get into biblical preaching. And if you want to supplement your daily or your weekly church with some other stuff online, there are many sound teachers that you can listen to online, but I would encourage you to get your primary teaching from your pastor in your local church and hold your pastor to these biblical, uh, biblical um, rules that we've been given what we've been prescribed in the word of God, hold your pastor accountable to those in a loving way and help him to teach biblically, help him to teach sound doctrine. And if you need help finding a good solid church in your area, please comment, reach out, do whatever you need to do. I can help you find a biblical church in your area, no matter what state you're living in. I will help you find one, point you in the right direction and get you into a solid biblical church where you can plug in and serve God and serve the saints together for the glory of God. So get out of this nonsense that is outside of the the, the realm of Scripture that's finding itself in sin. Stop being manipulated. If you know somebody that is listening to these people on a, on a regular basis, really pour into them, help them, teach them, show them true doctrine as it, as it relates to what they're hearing and and pray that they would come out of that nonsense and that they would find themselves to in a biblical church that um, really teaches the Bible in its entirety. So uh, just some thoughts I had on my mind today. I know this is the third episode in three days, but hey, that's okay. <laughs> Nobody said there has to be a, a limit on how many you can do and how many you can't do of these. So Uh, I just appreciate you listening. Everybody that tunes in and listens, I appreciate all of you. And uh, please like and subscribe and comment if you've listened, whether you've listened to two minutes or you just skip to the end to see what I was going to say. I'd love to hear from you. I love interacting with you. And uh, thank you for all those who have subscribed and who who have commented and liked and listened and all of those things. Uh, I hope this has been beneficial for you in some way. And I hope it's been encouraging. 
So uh, I hope your pastor preaches the gospel, the whole counsel of God, and doesn't shrink back from that. If not, find you one who will do those things. Until next time, God bless.